0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Commit this time to you. It's such valuable time, Lord. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, as you can see on the screen, uh, the title of my message this morning is Marked Urgent. And uh, the Lord knows that we don't want to respond to any urgency that is caused by our own personal pressure or anxiety or anything like that because we want to be in the rest of the Lord. But when the Holy Spirit drops something into your spirit and he says marked urgent, that it's important that we listen to this. We listen to it. Most of you who may know me, if you don't, that I have a passion for prayer I have a passion for worship. I have a passion for the presence of the Lord. And this morning, I want to share and talk about something specific in prayer that I believe the Lord has highlighted for us, and that he would quicken our hearts this morning and awaken us anew and afresh to his spirit of prayer. We've appreciated so much the Hope City Hallmarks, a house that uncompromisingly seeks the Lord, Remembering a house of worship, a house of signs and wonders, a house of rest, a house of supernatural freedom. And I would just like to add an addendum, maybe a prefix would be better, and that we would be a house of prayer, a house of prayer. In Matthew 21, uh, Jesus goes to the temple, and we know the story how he overturned the tables in the temple because... He was dissatisfied. He had a righteous anger in his heart uh, about what was going on. He turned over the tables and they were um, making money and that kind of thing that wasn't suitable for the temple. And he quoted from Isaiah 56, 7. He said, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. My house shall be a house of prayer. And in the Isaiah passage, it says, you shall be a house of prayer for all nations. God wants us as individuals, as we are the temple of the Lord, he wants us to be a house of prayer, personally to be a house of prayer, where the Spirit of God inhabits us and we carry his heart as, as husbands and wives, your homes to be houses of prayer. There's nothing more important that you can do for your family, for your children, than as couples to be able to welcome the presence of the Lord, to be a house of prayer for your children. He wants us as his church family to be a house of prayer. And uh, we know that the Lord is uh, raising up prayer warriors and intercessors across our nation, that we would be a nation of prayer as well. And so the Lord wants to release more and more and more his spirit of prayer in our hearts and in our lives like never before. Most of us understand the uh, the significant direction I feel that the Lord directed in prayer was that we would be a house of prayer, but we would receive the spirit of prayer for the children, for the children. Most of us recognize that the children are in jeopardy at this time and this season. And it's my belief it's because the Lord has great plans for our children, great plans for the generations. I would say a spirit of prayer not only for the little ones, the children, but for the generations and for the prodigals as well, for lack of a better term. So the Lord is wanting to release that spirit of prayer in our, in our hearts and lives. If we look around at our culture, it's deteriorated so much. It's moved away from the values that we, we love and, and we honor. Even the jeopardy upon the children begins in the womb. That in our country, a woman can have an abortion at any time in her cycle. And uh, we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to bring life, as it says in John 10, 10. And then uh, we see also just in uh, schools and school trustees and boards uh, of such, they are mostly liberals and very much activists in in our culture, that uh, even even classrooms have become indoctrination places for a worldview that is contrary to what we believe is biblical and godly. And in a sense, uh, we would have a sense of, a Godly anger, too, that righteous anger about what is deteriorating in our in our um, culture. and the Lord wants to cause us to rise up at this time. And also, as we look at even the Christian school systems, there's controversy. There's things that are unfolding, and there's decisions that are being made. And it's disturbing to those who are parents who have their children in these Christian settings that, that trusting and hoping that it will be a safe place for their children to be able to learn and to grow. And, and uh, thankfully... The Lord is raising some, some even in our own community that are coming up to some very important decisions to make. But the Lord is causing parents to rise up in the spirit of worship, in the spirit of prayer, to be able to, to fight these battles in a godly way, in a way that is is important to the heart of the Lord. In that uh, Matthew 21 uh Thirteen passage, after the Lord turns over those tables, he um, begins to move in signs and wonders and the miraculous. And the children that were there began to say, Hosanna to the son of David. And uh, the religious people scorned and and, and made mockery of that. And Jesus said to them, out of the mouth of babes, I have perfected praise. And this is not just such a simple little thing that children do, although we love the simplicity of their heart to the Lord. But that is a warfare uh, scripture that children's praise is mighty is mighty. And my belief is that God is going to release his spirit upon our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children for that's the position we're at at this point in time. And uh, so there's a great move, and that is why there's so much uh, coming against the family, so much coming against. And you know, the, the traditions and the uh, institutions of our land began as Christian foundations. They, they were motivated by those who were believers, whether it was hospitals or schools or universities and even the government. But it seems that we've moved so much, so far away from that. But the Lord has a battle plan. He has a battle for, plan for us as we intercede and pray for the children, for the generations, for um, those that would be uh, wayward in our families. I'm sure there's all of us here would have someone that we're praying for, believing for, that God would uh, bring them to his heart. I remember a phrase many years ago that I heard from a worship leader here in the Lower Mainland. And it was that when the Father's house is filled with the Father's love, the prodigals will come home. And the Lord has been challenging us about allowing his Holy Spirit to cause us to grow in our love, in our unity. and love that song that we pour out our love, we pour out our devotion. And... Uh, the Holy Spirit stirs in our hearts and brings us into the place of His love. He enables us, He empowers us. But first of all, in this battle plan that the Lord has for us, first and foremost, we remember that our children belong to the Lord first and foremost. Belong to them. So and sometimes we need to relinquish control and, and let the Lord take over and do what only He, he can do. But God has a purpose for us. He has a purpose for our children. We're familiar with a portion of scripture in Jeremiah 29 11, that the Lord will give us a hope and a future. The word hope means the confident expectation of the goodness of God. Do you have a confident expectation of his goodness this morning? If not, the Lord wants to increase your expectation of his goodness. We sang about it, the goodness of God, the goodness of God. An important step is that we see what God sees. For our children, because they have so much potential, for those that would be far from the Lord at this point in time, sometimes we can look at behaviors and become overwhelmed with that. But the Lord wants us to see what he sees. You know, with regard to the prophetic, the prophetic always speaks to the treasure, always speaks to that which is best that God wants to do in the hearts and lives of individuals, and especially for our children and the generations first and foremost that the lord says that they are his masterpiece ephesians 2:10 We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has ordained. And this speaks of when we're born again, there's even greater potential within us. We heard last week of how precious we are to the Lord. We heard from Psalm 139 that we're fearfully and wonderfully made to be able to come to the place where we say, how wonderful are your works, O Lord. My soul knows it very well. So the Lord's been strengthening our identity, understanding that we're sons and daughters of God. An important thing that has really been highlighted to my heart in this season is that we are covenant people. We are covenant sons and daughters. The word covenant, of course, we know means promise. He's made promises that he wants us to enter in. And I believe especially to pray, to pray from that place of covenant. I find myself saying that, praying that, saying I am a covenant woman. My husband is a covenant man that our children are covenant children, that my grandchildren are covenant grandchildren, that my great-grandchild is a covenant grandchild, and to pray from that perspective, that I can pray that with confidence and authority, knowing that as I stand in that place of, of covenant and believe for that for my children, that it will come forth. Isaiah 59, 21, I love this, and I pray it often. This is the covenant that I have with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon you, my spirit that is in your mouth, and the words I placed in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your children, nor out of the mouth of your children's children, saith the Lord, from this time forward, even forevermore. What a promise, what a promise, if I have anything of the Spirit of God, any anointing by the Spirit of God. That the word of God says that that can be transferred to my children, to my children's children, and believing for that. That is their inheritance. Our children are, as we are, are a work in progress. Philippians 1.6. Uh, he's begun a good work in us, and he's faithful to complete it. He wants to complete that. And if there's wounds, and if there's areas of brokenness, there's areas where individuals need the freedom of the Lord, deliverance, that our God is able to heal. Jeremiah 33:6, I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Peace, the Hebrew word shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. The spirit of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word of God is true. And he has divine assignments. He has divine assignments for us in this room that he wants us to be able to fulfill and accomplish. And he has divine assignments for our children. Even though there are strategies of darkness that want to come against those assignments that God wants to bring forth, the Lord wants to bring them. They are accepted and loved. They are accepted in 1 John 3, 1 to 2. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. What a privilege. And so important to rehearse the truth, to rehearse the truth of God's heart. Yes, we are in an invisible battle with a dark enemy, the enemy of our soul. And in the midst of that, the Lord does not want us to have trepidation or fear. He wants us to be strong. The Lord keeps reminding us to be strong and courageous and and, uh, just to know the truth. And the truth is, in Ephesians 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, forces of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That there's a strategy of darkness. There's a hierarchy of darkness. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We can get disturbed or upset, perhaps, about individuals or circumstances. But remember to be able to divide between flesh and blood people that Jesus loves and those forces of darkness that would operate within the circumstances or within people. Luke 10.19 says that I've given you authority over all the works of the enemy, and nothing shall harm you in any way. I've given you authority. 2 Timothy 1.7, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. We often have to rehearse those words in our own spirits, in our own hearts, so we can be adjusted to what the Lord says. What is the truth? 2 Corinthians 10.4. It says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down vain, vain imaginations. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God has to come down. Our weapons aren't carnal. They're not fleshy. They're not like the weapons of the world. They are godly weapons. 1 John 3, 8. For this reason, Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Those strategies of darkness. He was manifest to destroy those works. And the Lord wants us to enter into that truth. He wants us to understand that in 1 John 4, greater is he who is in us than the spirit that is in the world. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We want to come into alignment with your word. The Lord has also given us the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's given all kinds of gifts, but particularly today, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says that uh, we are not to be ignorant of spiritual gifts, but we should understand that, that God wants to give us his ability. He wants to give us his strength his enablement. And then in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, where it talks about how we operate, he says, I, I want you to desire those gifts, especially that you would prophesy, it says there. So God wants us to be a prophetic people. And as we um, pray and intercede and and stand in the gap, that 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 the Lord would release his, his heart and he would release those gifts. But one of the gifts, one of the knowledge gifts that is so important at this time in this season is the gift of discerning of spirits. The Lord wants us to know what spirit is operating. There are four kinds of spirits. There's our human spirit, just the way God created us. Some people have wonderful, sweet, beautiful, natural spirits. Don't you love those kind of people? And then some have very fierce, intense spirits. (laughs) I remember um, my little uh, great-granddaughter, we were having our shower for her. The Spirit of God just lit into my heart and said that she had a fierce spirit. And you know how little she was. She was a preemie. But I, I still pray and believe and know that that is a fierce spirit in the Lord. Uh, some of you know my husband, that some people call him Mr. Happy. He's always positive all the time, and he is that way. I remember in our old home, it was pouring rain like it probably is outside today, and he opened the door, and he said, well, if the birds can sing in the rain, so can we. (laughs) That's kind that's just kind of how he flows. And, uh, There was a a time where I was sitting across from my eldest grandson. He was just a little boy at that time. And uh, he was looking into my eyes and he says, Mammy, you're the boss of us all. (laughs) I said, Dakota, why would you say such a thing? He says, because you're so serious. (laughs) So maybe you have seen my persona as being very serious Um, It doesn't make my husband happy because he likes to tell his jokes and I don't laugh. I just look at him with a blank stare. And, uh, but it's not that I don't have any sense of humor. It's that I am focused and I'm intense and I'm thoughtful. (laughs) And some of you can relate to that and some of you wish, well, I wish she would just lighten up a little bit. (laughs) Actually, I'm probably uh, an introvert by nature. I like my aloneness, I like my time and with the Lord, and uh, some of you probably don't see me as that kind of introvert. That's because when the Holy Spirit, the anointing, comes on me, I turn into a different person. <laughs> Thank God for the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a sign and a wonder. But hallelujah. Thank the Lord. But the Lord wants to give us discerning of spirits. The second spirit is there are demonic spirits when Satan would rebel against God. A third of the uh, angelic spirits were cast out of heaven and they are the demonic spirits. Uh, There are angelic spirits. Two-thirds of the angels are with the Lord and part of the army of the Lord. And then there is the precious Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit was poured out in Toronto at the Toronto blessing, I remember the pastors there saying, Well, uh, people came, the devil came, the Holy Spirit came, and we didn't know what was what. I don't think God wants us to have that perceptive, although he, um, you know, sometimes when we're learning in the things of the Holy Spirit, we don't fully know, we f- don't fully discern. But the Lord wants to give us discerning of spirits. I remember, too, when one uh, of my grandchildren we liked to go to some of the ethnic shops down on Main Street. Maybe some of you like to uh, look at those places. And we were in that place, and, and this little guy just said, Mammy, I just feel y- yucky inside. I feel yucky inside. we got to get out of here. Well, of course, some of those ethnic places have gods and things in those stores. And so you know where it says that out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. That's the same place where you recognize what spirit is operating. If you have that yucky feeling inside, then you just listen to that. Because God wants you to understand what spirit is operating. We have a dark enemy. He exists and he's real. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And, uh, you know, that's what's happening as our, as our culture is becoming darker and darker. But we know Isaiah 60 says that we will arise, shine, for our light has come, and the glory of the Lord is increasing and will rise. And of course, that's first and foremost spoken to Israel, but we are grafted in, and we have the same promises. So it's coming brighter and brighter and brighter. I heard uh, Jonathan Kahn just speak recently that when cultures make the decision to move away from God, when countries make the decisions to move away from God, if individuals make decisions to move away from God, it opens the door for the enemy to be able to come in. Whereas our nation, our country was based on Christian principles and it, it is just such a fact that when we walk with God, there's a restraint against the forces of darkness. The very fact that you're a child of God, the very fact that you have the Spirit of God within you, and if you are an intercessor, if you are a prayer, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are a restrainer against the forces of darkness. And so the Lord is wanting us to understand that he wants us to rise up in this season. James 2.19, it tells us that even the demons believe, and they tremble, because they know their time is short, and so they're exercising everything they can to to thwart the purposes of God, but greater is he who is in us. Thank the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2.11, in the context of forgiveness, which is so important, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is so powerful, it removes the legal ground the enemy has to hold us in bondage and gives us freedom, gives us freedom for ourselves and for those that we need to forgive. It says here, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The Lord doesn't want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want any open doors. Conviction is an important thing. If the Holy Spirit is convicting us about something, then listen to that voice. Uh, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk in the Spirit. But it's a good thing when the Lord convicts us. It helps us to change, to turn around. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. for um, To just... Come to the Lord, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes round like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. When we have that discernment, we resist the enemy. He, we want to resist him. So the Lord is desiring for us to be praying warriors, warrior parents, a warrior parent, to be willing um, to fight for our children, to fight in this season. Uh, maybe some of you don't see yourself as a fighter, would rather be a lover than a fighter. <laughs> you can be both. You can be both. You can be a lover of God, a lover of people, and you can be a fighter against the forces of darkness. I had a friend who wrote a book, and in the front of that book, it was a beautiful picture of a bride. where the bride of Christ. And this bride was dressed in a beautiful white gown, like most brides are. But she lifted up her skirt, and she had these big old Doc Martin. Well, um, boots on her, on her uh, feet. And, you know, that's what we should be. We should be clothed in the armor of God. We have those um, boots on, and uh, yet we're, God is making us beautiful. He's making us. He's preparing us. First Timothy 6.12, we're to fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight, that God wants us to fight. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. (laughs) If you're born again, maybe you didn't fully realize that you have enlisted in an army. (laughs) That's part of, that is part of what the body of Christ is. We, we hear that there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. We thank the Lord that he gives us that ability to rise up. Nehemiah 4.14, it says, and I pray this often. It was when, um, it was when uh, they came to build the wall. We heard that in prayer this morning, that, that they were going to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. It says, remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. That God wants us to fight the good fight of faith, and he wants to give us what we need to fight that. Isaiah 34, 13 and 17. It says, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Any tongue that rises up in accusation, you shall condemn. This is your rightful inheritance in God. Part of the promise, part of the covenant, is that we inherit those promises. And we have great authority. The word says that Jesus, in the the first chapter of Ephesians, he was raised up and he's seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. And in chapter 2, verse 6, it says we're seated with him in those heavenly places. So to have that perspective that we're not having to just grovel around, but we are seated with him in heavenly places. And for me, that is a very humbling thought. It's a beautiful thought. Matthew 18, 19 says that Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom. And the word says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That simply means that Whatever God allows, we allow. What he disallows, we, we come into agreement with. But it's a key. And when God gives us keys, it opens. It opens. So prayer is our winning weapon. It's a defensive weapon. And this is not all-inclusive at all, but just some ways that we can enter in for, for the sake of the children, for the sake of the generations that is so much on God's heart that we be those intercessors, that we stand in the gap. We plead and pray the blood of Jesus. We were just finishing um, with Passover not that long ago where they put the blood on the doorposts. Put the blood on the doorposts, parent. Put the blood on the doorposts. We heard already this morning in Revelation twelve eleven. we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is so powerful. We're also told to put on the whole armor of God that we can stand in the evil day, having done all stand, having girded your loins with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all else, holding up the shield of faith so we can extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God, and we pray at all times. And uh, I I think it was Jenny, when they were praying uh, or preaching about the family just recently, about just putting on that armor every day yourself, And putting it on your children. Just put it on. Envision yourself putting it on. Gird your loins with truth. Come on, tighten up that belt. Tighten it up. And holding up the shield of faith, extinguishing those fiery darts fueled by hell. And it's such a powerful thing in our weaponry as we pray. We're to believe. We're to be people of faith. People of faith in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Mark 11:22, it talks about having faith that moves mountains. We've got mountains that we want to see moved in Jesus' name. Things that are obstacles, things that are, that are coming up against us. But, you know, when that says that, have faith, it really is translated best, you have the faith of God. You have the faith of God resident within you. I remember um, in intercession that... Uh, Blake brought some little um, uh, seeds of uh, of uh, faith, uh, seeds of. Um, it, it says in the word, if you have faith, like a mustard seed, mustard seed, and so. Uh, some person just took one seed and planted it. And Did you know that it grows like a huge bush? I mean, it's just amazing. So just that little seed of faith that it would grow in our hearts and our lives. The faith of God is resident within us. We're not just left to our own devices. We're not just left to the kind of faith that we may have a measure of. And we're thankful, too, for that gift of the Spirit called the gift of faith which is one of the power gifts, that kind of faith that God would just drop it into our heart. It's a gift. We can all receive those gifts. They're free for us, the faith of God. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to those who believe. And I find myself praying when I quote that scripture and I say, I believe that you're willing and I believe that you're able. Whether it's for healing, whether it's for our children, whether it's some circumstance, our finances, we heard this morning. I believe that you're willing, and I believe that you're able. He wants to pour out his spirit upon us. Romans ten seventeen. how do we get faith? Well, simply, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He wants to stir in our hearts his word. It strengthens us, and we're built up in our faith as the word of God is imparted to us as we hear it. Another um, important uh, way to build faith is in Jude 20, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I like the next one. When we do that, we keep ourselves in the love of God, building ourselves up in our most holy faith. You know, praying in the Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians 14 that we can pray with the Spirit and pray with the understanding. We can sing with the Spirit. We can sing with the understanding. Praying with the Spirit is our heavenly language, It's the language that the Holy Spirit gives us, and it's the one gift of the Spirit that's given to us for our own personal building up and strengthening in Him. So how wonderful to receive that gift. And I am brooding over you, says the Lord. I am brooding over you with my precious Holy Spirit. I want to quicken your heart. I want you to know what it is to be strengthened, that your faith would be strong in this season, in this hour. As you pray in the Holy Spirit, as you're open to my gifts, as you're open to be baptized, to be released, to be filled, to be immersed with my Holy Spirit, you too will find yourself becoming a different person. You will be surprised at what you can do and what you say and how you can do it because the empowerment does not come from your own resources, but it comes from my spirit, says the Lord, and this is the day it has been prophesied, my son prophesied it in prayer this morning that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. On my handmaidens and on my male servants, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Young men will have vision. Old men will have dreams. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your promises this morning. We're to pray the word of God. These are ways that we can use our weapons of prayer against these assignments of darkness. Pray the word of God. When we were in lockdown, um, I had a lot of time to to pray. And I'm at the season in my life, when you have a busy family, you have pressures that that I don't have at this season. So this is a great season. This is a great time. Hallelujah. I'm happy that I'm 76 years old. (laughs) I'm happy. The alternative is to be with the Lord, which is wonderful. But when you know know that you know that God still has more for you to do, and that you know that you know that he's called you to stand in the gap, stand in the gap for your nuclear family, stand in the gap for the, the people of God, stand in the gap for the children of God, there are some of you here who have parents who love you and pray for you. There may be some in this room where you don't have spirit-filled pra- um, parents who pray and intercede for you. Then we, as mothers and fathers in the house, we take up that. We take up that, 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 that issue and we pray and we stand in the gap for all those of you who need those prayers. And the Lord is just wanting to impact us and impart that to us. We're praying and we use the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name above every name. Jesus is the name above every name and, and I just find myself decreeing and declaring, decreeing and declaring what Jesus says for my family, for, for those of you who need that touch of the Lord and need to be built up and strengthened. I decree and declare over those in my family that are not yet born again that don't yet know the quickening of the spirit of life, that they're only experiencing life on a soul level or in their bodies. But when your spirit comes alive unto God, what an amazing thing. I decree and declare that you, son, that you, son, are a born again son of God. That's your destiny. That your eyes will be opened. Your heart will be enlightened and you will know what is the hope of your calling in Christ Jesus. That we pray those things and decree and believe and say what God says. Decree that. If we have wayward Children, if we have those that are far from the heart of God, I declare that they're covenant children, that they belong in the household of God, they belong in the loving care of their family. We thank you for that, Jesus, that you give us authority to decree and declare. You know, the Spirit helps our weakness when we run out of our own words. My words are limited but I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Spirit. It takes us into a whole new level of being able, able to intercede and pray. There's a lot to, lots of activity in the angelic realm, and I believe the Spirit of God is wanting us to call the angels, to call the angels, and to believe that they're activated on our behalf. Matthew 18.10, I love this with regard to the children. It says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven there angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. You know, sometimes we think of our kids having a guardian angel or a protecting angel. Well, it has angels plural here. And just imagine that those angels go before Father God. And Father God has a heart for our children, has a heart for the children. We're so grateful for that. And that we can pray and dispatch those ministering angels. Hebrews 1.14 says that the angels are given as ministering spirits to those who inherit salvation. We can call upon them. We can release them. Warring angels, guardian angels, protecting angels, worshipping angels, fighting angels. Just calling those angels. There's so much angel and angelic activity right now. Psalm 34, 7, the angels of the Lord are encamped around those who fear and trust the Lord. Thank the Lord Jesus. In our intercessor meeting on on, uh, Wednesday last week, there was a prophetic word that came forth that the angels were coming and being drawn by the worship. By the worship, As, as Jenny said this morning, Pastor Jenny said this morning that... That, you know, we're in that time of waiting, we just worship. We keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Worship is a very, very powerful way to pray. In, in Matthew 10 where it says, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It just speaks of that prayer of devotion, that prayer of worship before the Lord. Thank the Lord. Isaiah 49, 25. For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. What an incredible word. What an incredible word. You know, we fight with those prophetic words, the word tells us to. So we're in a time of waiting, often waiting for the answer. We're in the meantime phrase, in between phrase. What does God want us to have? He wants us to have patience, calm, waiting And it requires mindfulness that he will keep us in perfect peace as our mind is stayed on him. And so the Lord just wants to give us that patience, that calmness, to have uh, perseverance. Sometimes perseverance is just sheer repetition, sheer repetition. You know, we want to meet with God. I have a meeting place with God every day. And as I said, I have freedom to do that for extended times and just meet with the Lord and and I said before that during that lock time, uh, lockdown time, I just had lots of time to spend with the Lord, and I, and I came to memorize more scripture, to let it be a treasure chest in my heart so that whenever it was needed, it could come up. And uh, that's what we need to do. Sometimes there's emergency prayers that we release and by the word of God and with our, our heavenly language. But the Lord just, you know, you can sometimes think, well, Lord, I don't want to do this just by road. I don't want to just go through the motions. I always pray that my heart will be connected to the heart of God. That's such an important thing to me personally, and I believe that's important to the heart of God. But sometimes it just requires the simple discipline of doing good, doing what you know to do, and just keep doing it. When we do that, it defeats the enemy. And it shows Satan we're not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my family. I'm not giving up on my children. I'm not giving up on the household of God. I'm not giving up. And I thank the Lord that he wants to put that in our spirit so strongly in this time and this season. And maybe we'll encourage you to know, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll encourage you to know that my husband and I have been involved in ministry for many years, and uh, I was just evaluating that, and, and I would say would probably 30 years or more, that we have had the foundation of prayer and intercession over this body. 30 years. We just kept doing it. We just kept doing it. And we're still doing it. And you may want to know that there's a rich group of intercessors in this house that are holding up the purposes of God, particularly for the generations. There isn't a Wednesday that goes by that we aren't just praying and believing God for the generations, for the rising up and the purposes of God to be accomplished because we have a set of mothers and fathers there. They're not giving up. We're not giving up. We're not giving up in the name of Jesus. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fainting. The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of quitting. He wants us to just know that. Noah, and the last, uh, patience, perseverance in this season, and perspective, again, to have the, that eternal lens, to see the way the Lord Jesus sees, to remain in God's word, to speak God's word. Second Corinthians 4.18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, to always have that eternal lens. I just believe the Lord just wants to uh, do some ministry in our hearts this morning. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.